Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Flames Nation Radio. Brian Pike here with Shane Stevenson. Hi, Shane. Hi, everybody. It is. It's been an interesting week. As always, we're brought to you at Flames Nation Radio by DoorDash and also presented by Eau Claire Distillery, makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, It's going to get cold next week, folks. So if you want to get your Christmas shopping done early, A, uh, Get some, get some Rupert's whiskey and some of the other fine products from from Eau Claire Distillery. They make great gifts. They make a lot of fine products, not not limited to Rupert's whiskey. And if you do it quickly and you get your shopping done, you don't have to go outside next week when it's minus twenty five every week or every damn day. So, and B, if you use DoorDash during uh, that cold as heck week, and some uh, some intrepid young person, you know, schleps over to your place to bring you some food, make sure you tip. Because in addition to being cold as hell, it's almost Christmas time. Or basically, whatever you celebrate, odds are if you celebrate a winter holiday, it's coming up or it's imminent. So, uh, please tip. Yeah, any, any, you know what? Whiskey doesn't discriminate. It's good for every holiday. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, unless you have, like, someone who really doesn't drink, don't give them <laughs> that as a gift. Consider the gift person you're gifting to. But like I said, a fine bottle of something very rarely is a bad gift. Shane, it's been a weird week. The The yeah. last time Shane and I spoke uh, was prior to the Flames game with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so here, here, here's the Flames' last five games, uh, dating back to the seventh. Uh, the Flames beat the Minnesota Wild. Then they headed on a three-game road trip where they somehow lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets and just played probably one of their worst games of the season. Uh, and then they played uh, in Toronto and lost in overtime in Montreal, lost in a shootout. And then they played the Vancouver Canucks on Wednesday night and also lost in a shootout. So uh, as uh, post media's Wes Gilbertson pointed out uh, in some of the, the post game uh, scrums on Wednesday night in the locker room, uh, the flames are both on a losing streak and a point streak. And both are true in the last five, they're one, one and three. And so if you want to look at the bright side, the last five games, five, they've gotten five. Yeah, they're 500. They're 500 in the last three games. They've lost four in a row, but have gotten points in three. And in their last five games, you can make an argument uh, in their last, let's see, you can make an argument. Uh, I'm trying to even think. So I'm, I'm on hockey DB and I'm scrolling backwards. So before the, the, the Minnesota game was the third win in a row. Uh, before that, they lost to Montreal in a game where they wildly outshot Montreal and just couldn't find a way to score a goal. 
so basically dating back to uh, their return home from that five game road trip, six game road trip, uh, uh, at the end of November, when they had a 6-2 win over the Florida Panthers, they've already played pretty good hockey. They've won four games. They've lost two games in regulation. They've lost three games in overtime. So they're 4-2-3 uh, in the last – I don't even know how to do kind of math. Nine That's games? Eight games? Nine. nine. That's nine. Yeah. So six four, yeah, nine. four wins in the last nine, below 500 in terms of wins. If you're looking at points, uh, but nine games, so – Four wins is eight points plus uh, four overtime losses or three overtime losses rather. Yeah. So that's 11. I mean, they, they, the thing is when they lose, they're losing in overtime. They've got six on the season already. That That's not hurting them. The loser point has very much in Calgary's favor this year. If we were, if we Very were going much. to to write a write a book about the Flames season, granted, you're not going to write a book after 30 games. We'll but we'll dive into sort of the the nitty gritty momentarily. But if you were going to write a, a book about the Flames season to date, it would be titled "Finding Ways to Lose: The Calgary Flames Story." Because have yeah. they been bad? I don't think in the mm-hmm. aggregate they've been bad. Have I, they been good? At times, yes, but not consistently. You can make an argument. The biggest challenge of the Flames is they haven't been much. They haven't been a lot of things consistently. They haven't really had all of the elements of their game cooking at one time or another. And as a result, the the games are kind of wobbly. The team is kind of wobbly. And you know, you kind of know what you're going to get, but you never really quite know how it's going to finish. The lines have been volatile. No, they haven't had their top nine forwards, all three lines going in any single game. Um, in a long time and same thing with their top two defensive pairs they're usually getting some combination of like one or two forward lines going and one or two d pairs the weirdest thing is and and shane shane because shane obviously does beyond the box score at flamestation.ca so he gets into the minutiae of the underlyings in every game my observation is when you look at the underlyings and if you look at the eye test it usually matches up the underlyings which is nice the flames usually have one of the top two lines uh either the Lynn home line or the uh, copy line going, yeah. but never both. They usually have the back of the line going, and if the back of the line's not going, the fourth line's going. That's it. It's always two. Sometimes it's only one, but usually at most it's two of the four lines. And usually it's usually it's whatever pairing Chris Tanev is on is going, <laughs> and then maybe and then one you hope, other. and then you hope Anathan and Anderson have a good game. Like like it's it's Tanev's always going. Tanev Weger or Zadarov Weger's always going. Those two pairs, that combination is 50% or higher almost every single time. It's the it's the it's the polarization of uh Anderson and Hannafin. And a bit of that is on the forwards uh and, and their back checking. And there's a lot of the ice being given up as well. I we'll get into that later, but but yeah, you're you're right. It's the the, the, the crazy perspective on the D, that it's the Hannafin Anderson pair. Chris Tanev is the Michael Backlund of the back end. And it's always, those two guys are always working. They work no matter where they are, who they're with, they work. So since we have 30 games in the books as we're recording, our our premise for this episode is the following. So our friend, uh, Robert Munich, uh, I hope I'm getting Robert's last name right. Is it Munich or Munich? Uh, I don't know, Robert. We're sorry. We will actually ask you before you record. Next anyway, <laughs> Robert uh, at uh, Ring of Fire CGY on Twitter. If you follow him, he has some. He has good takes, and he also always posts gifts and replays. So 
If you don't follow Robert, what's wrong with you? Please follow Robert. But Robert wrote a column for the site this week called, essentially his premise was, what are the Calgary Flames? And 30 games in, the answer is, we're not sure. But we we thought we'd break the game of the Flames into its its constituent elements. I want to preface, uh, statistically, 30 games is the number you need to get a properly random sample. Yeah. You'd ideally want to double your sample size. So this is the Oh, we'll, we'll immediate... do this again too. We'll do yeah, this, yeah. We'll do this again. Just for, for, the the listeners, for the listeners, this is the bare minimum for making a proper, where you can actually be like, all right, this player is this. Anything that's happened before this is too early to make generalizations uh, statistically. So this is the start. The more games they play from here, the more you can make an actual statement or claim and feel more confident about it, right? It's just it's just the confidence interval goes up. So, so we'll um, uh, we'll break the game. Essentially, we've uh, curved the game. You know, we took I took inspiration from our friends at Evolving Hockey because Evolving Hockey, if you subscribe to their their goals above replacement service, and you should because they have great data there. And it really Josh helps you. It helps you really conceptualize different aspects of the game. But uh, the Twins, what they break it into, they break hockey into even strength offense, even strength defense, power play, penalty kill, and they have a couple metrics for penalties. Um, we we don't really want to get into penalties drawn, penalties taken, so we replace that with goaltending as sort of its own category. So our five categories we're going to look at in this episode are five-on-five five offense, five-on-five five defense, power play, penalty kill, and goaltending. So let's start off with five-on-five five, uh, offense. And uh, we'll here here so uh last this season, is gonna this this is this is gonna people are gonna love this yeah, people so are gonna we, be like of course what we're looking at what we're looking at here is uh the process because results of the are the, are the after effect of process like if your processes are good your results unless you're tremendously unlucky or cursed or something your your results will follow so in 21 22 last season the flames were fifth in expected goals per 60 they were uh third in scoring chances for 60 and they were 11th in high danger chances for 60 so that essentially just tells you that in mo you know if you want to blend those together the flames were a top 10 offensive team if you want to look at you know the, the high danger chances it basically means that you know they scored on they scored more often on sort of medium danger chances because they didn't generate as many high danger chances, but they were. And, and the, it's, not, you, it's not hard to change it from a hard to a medium danger chance. Like to be a, a high danger like chance, you need, you, you need you need to be like within a stick length of the crease. Anything else than that is medium, and anything from the points low. Just just so yeah. people know what we're talking about. So I mean, you know, so you know, in, short of Matthew Kachuk tipping in goals from like with his butt in the goalie's face. They got a lot of medium danger chances to score. But anyway, the long and the short is last season, the Flames were, as the eye test would attest to last season, they generated a lot offensively, fairly consistently. They very rarely went ice cold offensively because they had both the systems and the personnel to run the systems to make the make the offense perp. Uh, this season, under the same metrics, for expected goals per 60, they're 18th. For scoring chances per 60, 21st. And high danger chances per 60, 21st so they're essentially below average uh there are 32 teams in the nhl so an average team would be like what 16 16 would be 15 16 16 16 16 half 16 yeah. 16 up 16 down so 16 yeah. uh, on the upper half 17 on the lower half yeah yeah so 16 so so they're below average uh offensively uh we you know daryl daryl sutter has said you know repeatedly this is a different team last year 
when we did the, the season preview, and especially after all the trades were done, you take away Monaghan, you take away Gaudreau, you take away Kachuk. Well, no shit. They're going to be less potent offensively. All due respect to Jonathan Huberto, Jonathan Huberto isn't a finisher the way that uh, that Matthew Kachuk was. And no, no. He's yeah. a different kind of distributor than Johnny Gaudreau. He's just a different – he's a different breed of cat. And I think yeah, – you know, not the same player. Yeah. And I, I, so you, yeah. you take away a guy who, when he's healthy, can score goals like Sean Monaghan, a guy who, when he's healthy, can score goals like Matthew Kachuk, and especially – if you look at the heat maps, where they score their goals, the Kachuk goals were always sort of right around the paint. Uh, Monaghan goals when he was healthy enough to score them right around the paint. Yeah, and so the you and even 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 Gaudreau to a certain extent, just the, the dynamism to his game at five on five, he would create a rush with some with a smooth entry and some speed, and maybe a little bit of uh, of dynamism on the rush, and then. Maybe the goalie would stop it, but he he'd get a, a a shot from the side that would just sort of ricochet into the slot, and so the trailers often, or even you know, oftentimes it would be Lindholm getting a secondary chance in the the net front area. But a lot of time, what you would see would be Goudreau getting the spot, getting the shot off, or looking like he was going to do a shot on the left side, swinging around the back of the net and finding somebody coming in the other way. Again, usually it was Lindholm, and. I don't think it's unfair to say, uh, Shane. Tell me if I'm t- if I'm uh, th- throwing stones too much. Oh, I, I, I don't think I don't so. think it's unfair to say that the Flames five on five offensive attack this season has lacked the dynamism that they had last year. Yeah, it's not the same tier. It's not. Um, the one thing we were completely missing, and, and it's very obvious, is the Gaudreau and the Kachuk connection. That 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 chemistry, that ability Kachuk used to have to get the puck in his own zone off the wall and feed Johnny for a breakout. How many times last year did we see Kachuk get the puck on the half wall and then beam it through the neutral zone to a sprinting Johnny who would go in for a very high danger chance? We we don't see that. We the amount of breakaways are low. Let's let's be honest here. How many times have we seen Amanji Pani or Adube attempt a similar play with a you know the A? No disrespect to those players, they're not quite as good at executing that style of play as Kachuk was. And B, the guy they're trying to get it to isn't as adept at receiving that play on the fly as Gaudreau was. So there's, it leads there's to another aspect some challenges. There's another aspect to it that I've noticed, uh, specifically with Manjapani and Dubé, is when they do charge the zone and they try to go wide, if they get pinched off, they don't try and force the trying to beat the defender. They turn, protect the puck, get the defenseman as close to them as they can, and then they chip it low by the net. Now, that's not a bad thing because it's exactly how Manjapani got his goal against Vancouver. Dubé chips the puck down low, Kadri gets it, the defense chase Kadri low, leave Manjapani out front, and it worked. That worked. Kadri's not always back there. That was, that was, and, and most yeah. Ds aren't as bad as Vancouver's. Vancouver's not, does not have a good defense uh, based on the metrics and personal opinion. <laughs> But no one's really trying to force it past. Everyone's doing what they're asked, and they're playing smart defensive hockey. Even when they're trailing, though, you need to eventually, like if you're down by two goals, you no longer need to defend. You need to score, and you need to have a way that you can adjust from the process to try and create more offense when you're trailing. And and I think that's what's missing. Everyone's buying in properly. Huberto... Manjapani, Dubé, 
the wingers, they're doing what's asked of them, but what's asked of them isn't, isn't promoting the offense. And, and a bit of that's on the four checker. The four checker needs to get back there and get behind the net. Maybe there's still a communication issue of who, okay, who's supposed to do that. Like if the guy that's normally the four checkers, the guy that's about to dump the puck in, well, one of you two other guys need to go in there and get it. It can't always be the same guy. You need to have a bit of versatility. And, yeah. and I, I feel like we're missing that on the zone entries. Um, they're not dumping it. They are trying to carry it, but they're getting, they do the same thing every time. And the defensemen are able to defend it. How, and, how many rushes have we seen up the middle of the ice? And, Aren't and I'll any? say, I'll say this. I think you, you, before we started recording, Shane, and I were discussing sort of how, how the, the, the blue line groups evolved. You know, I think one of the challenges is, and, you know, let me just preface by saying we're in no way blaming any particular players for their absences, but you know, Oliver Shillington has a certain dynamism to his offensive game in terms of his speed, his mobility, his ability to join the rush as sort of the fourth attacker or that second or third wave. And he's got like the edge work and like basically if you're a defensive player on the other team, you kind of have to have an idea where 58 is on the ice at all times. Not because he like he's not like Connor McDavid-esque, although if he's, we're being honest here, he's one of the few guys on the in the league who can skate with Connor McDavid and defend in that way. A lot of guys basically have to try to, you know, pinch him off. And, you know, Chillington has the ability with his edge work to stick with him. But I mean, you know, Nikita Sidorov has done a really savvy okay. job this year. And, you know, again, he's Who's not he's not amazing at it, but he's working his butt off and he's getting pretty good. He's, he's not great not actually at it. bad carrying the puck through the neutral zone. He's yeah. been better at being able to protect it and and dumping it off as soon as someone He uses it. his frame really well. He, he doesn't he have last, he, he doesn't have the explosiveness in his acceleration yeah. or his speed that Shillington has. Few guys do. And so Zadorov wants to add that element to the team and he does that by using his frame to protect the puck and, and his reach and, it's, and it works pretty well. The best thing he has about that is is he doesn't try to force the rush. He takes it he doesn't try to it's not the pace that maybe the coach wants, but he waits for someone to attack him, whether it's from the left, dead on or right. And then, like you said, uses his frame and just, and, he, and he's not going super fast through the neutral zone, but he doesn't lose the puck. Yeah. He doesn't, like he, he still has it. And if well, he's about to lose it, I also it's think, dumped. So I it's also, really safe. I also think that he's savvy enough, like he's at the age where he kind of knows what he can and can't do. Yeah. And he know. I think he knows that he doesn't have the, speed to book book it back and break up odd man rushes he no, tries no. but he doesn't quite have the the straight line speed so what he does is he just tries to avoid losing it and it's well, it makes him play a little bit more conservative on those rushes but i think it works i, I have just I think absolute that, compliments to him because he has never looked more like the 17th overall draft pick that he was than this season yeah he's so he I'll, I'll, took I'll a, say a massive step he's done i would say more than any plays player uh, you know, uh, any flames the blue liner. I think he's done the best he can to add that dynamism to the rush attack that they haven't really had. But I mean, it, it's, it's not. It, it'd be better if they had everyone available. They're missing the speed of Shillington. Like, like which one of their defensemen can really book it? Like Anderson's smart and he's not super slow, but he's he's not he's not he doesn't have that speed. The only one with the real speed speed that's there is Hannafin, and yeah. he's playing it safe. Because there he, play, plays he plays in because he, and, he, and because he plays in every situation, like and, and he's I'm, first over the boards all the time, pretty much. I'm, so you can't I'm, really do as much. I'm sorry to Michael Stone and Connor Mackey and Dennis Gilbert, but all three of you combined are not anywhere close to the skating ability of Oliver Shillington. 
It is top tier. It is A plus. And how many times did we see him? Oh, look, it's an odd man. Oh, never mind. The odd man rush is already over in the neutral zone because Shillington got back. So I'm, yeah. I have a question for you, Shane. Yeah. And we'll tie this into our uh, our partnership with our friends at Betway. Mm-hmm. So Shane, most of the time, occasionally I pinch hit for him, but Shane does the bets of the day uh, every game day on flamestation.ca. And I always feel bad for Shane because I had this experience, the, the games that I did this for, because uh, you know you want to pick, especially the, the two props that we like looking at are uh, total, uh, total goals, mm-hmm. actually three, total goals, shots, and uh and anytime goal scores because you know those are pretty good and some of these we managed to hit on like you know you hit, I, I hit on i think uh matthews and nazim kadri to score goals yep. in toronto i mean exactly. that they seemed obvious to me and it sort of played off some previous uh, discussions you and i've had where if you have the chance to just bet, bet on matthews, matthews or oveshkin as anytime yep. goal scores so you have those all due respect to the flames players the flames don't have anyone that you can really feel comfortable backing on as an anytime goal scorer. Occasionally, oh. there's some situational guys. You're like, oh, they're going like I, for, they went to back to Montreal. I'm like, uh, it's either Huberdeau or Kadri, I think, or Huberdeau or Toffoli, I think, because there's a Montreal connection that would make sense. But none of the the metrics, you know, especially five and five, really jump out to me because you know who are the Flames' most consistent even strength goal scorers? Brett Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, um, is it Elias Lindholm? Like, is, yeah, like, I think he's got a few. Backland has a few. But the person that I would pick on Calgary to get a point every game right now more than anybody else is Rizicka. Like, but and he's not on the you line. Wouldn't be wrong. We can't we can't pick him. But but if I were to go through the history, and if I were to pick Rizicka every game, you'd win more than any other player because he's been the most consistent at producing. And probably, especially games. early in the season, you'd probably get some really good odds on him too. Well, they don't list they they only list the main the main players, right? Like your, your two top two centers, your players from the top six forwards on paper, right? Rookies have to be there consistently and constantly to be put on the lines. Okay. So, okay, here's, so they're uh, not there. But I would, I, and this. I've said it a couple of times. I'm like, I would like to pick Rizicka here. He's not, he's playing with this person. So we're going to pick Backland or we're going to yeah. pick who he's playing while, with. While we're discussing this, the top three, the, the top uh, handful of scores, this is kind of funny. So five, at five on five, the Flames' top goal scorer is Andrew Mangiapane is seven. And then yeah. second place is a tie between Brett Ritchie and Nazem Kadri. Uh, and then uh, and third, third place a is a – third place with four is Ruzichka, Lindholm, Coleman, Backlund, Lewis, Toffoli, Anderson, and Zadorov. So that makes they 11. Have, <laughs> yeah, they got a bunch of but, – but that's the problem. Like they have a few guys that, you know, have – no even strength goals and i mean you know some of these guys are defensemen some of these guys aren't really in roles you'd expect but like milan lucic zero goals Uyghur, zero goals tanev zero goals uh, one goal for hannafin like two two even strength goals for jonathan huberdo i mean as if you're if you're someone who wants to add a, a, a gambling element to your fandom when you're watching Calgary Flames games, I can imagine this year would be a Boys. little bit frustrating trying to figure out who's going to be doing what. Like, And honestly, like that's I think that's why more often than not, we err on the side of, well, let's just go total goals or uh, yeah. let's do total shots or saves by a goalie or something because well, it's, it's like, like it's, how do you, how do you project their offense when it's so scattered when it's, shot this year? When it's, when it's, it's okay. We're going to score three goals over our last four games. And then the next two games, we're going to get eight goals in two games and lose them both in overtime. Yeah. Like, like or they'll go it, off for six and then they'll go the, for the two. Only, like, 
The only one that I was like, absolutely, this is going to happen no matter what, was the Jake Allen 33 saves. And I was like, we got it by one. And I was like, and I was like, all right, I'm going back. I'm going back to the Montreal game we played a week before, which is awesome. When that happens, go back to see what happened. If they play a week apart, odds are the game's going to be pretty similar. Um, And and what happened? What was was. the number one thing in that game? Jake Allen shut the flames down. So I was like, well, that's what I'm going to bet on. And And, what did he do? no. I got. I gotta say this, and we'll get into the goaltending conversation in a little while. I I thought it was really cool that they said, you know, right, like I think it was like eleven days after. Uh, I was sit, I was standing like three, like two feet from Jacob Markstrom. I've never seen a, a player post game be more more down on himself, oh, saying yeah. how he sucks at hockey. I thought it was really cool of uh, the Flames coaching staff to say, we're going to give him a chance to sort of get his swagger back against the the team where he seemed to lose it against. And I, you know, he's been, I, he hasn't gotten the wins and loss results, but I think you can't really, from his last few games, I don't think you could ask for a lot more than what Jacob Markstrom's given them. I will give us more on that when we get to the goaltending instead of. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go to five on five defense. So five on five defense. So this, last, this last season, good. this is still so, so the, the Flames are a less potent defensive team. We know that. We suspected that would happen based on changes in personnel. I'm sure if we asked Daryl Sutter, hey, you're scoring less goals. Did you expect to score less goals? He'd be, yeah. Like, we lost 240-goal scorers. Yeah, he, he said he said as much. So, yes. and honestly, you lose, and you lose 240-goal scorers and a guy who's consistently scored 20 and 30 goals in Monaghan when he's healthy. So, yeah. Did you, I personally have written the words on this website – and spoken them on on podcasts and radio. Well, the idea is probably just that in the aggregate they'll make it up by being as good or slightly better defensively because Mackenzie Weger is really good, and Mackenzie Weger has been really good. He has been. Has really he scored good. a lot of goals? No, he has zero even strength goals. Did you expect him to? Probably not. No, that's not his thing. He's he's very Lindholmy in his defensive impacts. He kind of pushes the game all over the place and. Maybe he'll pop off for some offense here and there. He's made some he really nice defensive plays, but his he, bread and butter is being a good defenseman. He he has the one thing. He has the same thing that TJ Brody had. T, you, you want him in your lineup. They're tremendous defensively. Once in a while, like Blue Moon, he's going to make an absolute muffin of a turnover. And But because he's trying to create yeah. stuff. It's and, because, and, he's, it's because and, he's trying and, to do something. Comment section, friends on Twitter, we see you, we hear you. He's not bad. He's not uh, there's something called uh, recency bias and uh, something called, you know, uh, I forget the exact kind of bias. Was it uh, memory bias? Memory. I said, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Really good and really bad plays. Have you, have you ever heard the the, the phrasing yeah. that that uh, if you have bad service, you'll tell nine people. If you have good service, you'll tell three. So every, you know, every bad, you know, experience needs to be overridden by a bunch of good ones for you to come out even psychologically, even though you've obviously had better service. So, that's the same thing with with defensemen. Like you, you only really notice because they're memorable plays that make you go, oh, oh. So uh, occasionally, that'll happen to Mackenzie Weger. Mackenzie Weger had a bad muffin of a pass against Columbus. Yeah. He even said he it was it. a fucking pizza. That his exact words were just a good old fashioned fucking pizza. Yeah, and he called his that. play shitty. I think he's being too hard on himself. Was it a pizza? By definition of what pizza is in the hockey vernacular, 
It yeah, yeah. It 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 was a pass he was trying to get across. It rolled off a stick and ended up going right to a guy who scored a breakaway. No one bats a thousand, folks. No one, yeah. no one, no one and, bats and, a thousand. And as when we, if, 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 I, I really like your TJ Brody comparison because here's the thing with TJ Brody. You know why TJ Brody occasionally screwed up with the puck because he freaking had the puck all the time because yeah. he was a really good defenseman. I would say it's similar to, to Jay Bowmeister's game where Jay Bowmeister played like friggin' 30 minutes a game. He had the puck on his stick for like 15 of them. And you only really know, remember the three times that he that made he a pass have. that you're like, oh, what's that? I don't know I, what he's doing there. My my Jay Bow memories were fans were mad because they thought they were getting the 40, 50 point guy and they got the 20, 30 point guy. But I'm like, you got better defense out of Jay Bow than he yeah. had in Florida. So it, it, but the thing is, people want the point, people want to see the points. They don't see the defense, and the defense is still good. Let's go. There's, through the there's no here. there's no ledger in in the, the in things saying goals prevented, which I think is the challenge so, for defensemen. Oh, so, so you have the, you have the five on five defense up so, here. So for, for Matt last Patrick, year across the board, yeah, third, for third, expected third. goals against, scoring chances against, and high danger chances against, they were third. As in, they had the third lowest score, uh, expected goal scoring chances and high danger chances against. That yeah. matches the eye test. They were a really good defensive team. This year, uh, spoiler, they're a slightly worse offensive team, but they're not a bad offensive team. They went from being elite defensively to being merely pretty good defensively. It's a drop. But again, if you consider Tanev has been hurt probably all season, but he missed some time twice, Uh, especially poor guy blocks a freaking shot with his head. We hope you're feeling better. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I rewatched that replay like 700 times to make sure he didn't knock himself out, and he didn't. He went down on his own, so I was worried that it knocked him out because I'm like, that's bad. That's bad, yeah. bad. He he was he was on his way down to begin with. That ain't fun. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you, if you factor in the personnel changes, uh, and you know, like they they lose a really good suppression guy in Eric Branson, they lose a really good all over the place guy right now in Oliver Shillington. Ken has been banged up and in and out of the lineup stone has sort of been and, in and out of the lineup they've been playing adjustment period for uyghur and adjustment right? period for uyghur when you factor in the you know the they were playing like did they last season they did not need to dip this deep into their into their pool of players we did not see dennis gilbert or his equivalent nick de simone's or his equivalent you know it was yeah, just or and the flames the all. flames never the flames barely used their seven last year like the re, yeah, like michael the, stone got like 18 games yeah, Michael didn't like, play very much. Valimaki barely played at all. He was the eight until they went down. He went down to the minors. And so, then Mackie was the eight. Yeah. Yeah. So the actually Mackie was the nine. He started the season as, as their nine. As nine. So and then he, when you he, factor he flipped, in, yeah. I think when you we don't need to belabor the point for the defense. Uh, yeah. They're pretty good. Have could they be better? Yes, they could be better. Could they make fewer mistakes? Yes, they could make fewer mistakes. I would I would say it's as much on the forwards needing to be more connected. But in the you know in zone decision making by the defense has been at times challenging. But I think on the whole, the numbers suggest they're a little bit worse than last year, but they're not bad. I have a metric to add from Evolving Hockey as well. Um, it's one of the it's one of the it's one of the four core ones I use in the BTB. Four, the four ones that I believe, if you look at them, you can really get a summary like without knowing too much or having to make fancy charts. If you just look at these four numbers, you could really tell how a player played. Calgary, Corsi, you know, uh, by the way, love the Huberto video where he got shot on net and said, oh, Corsi. Um, <laughs> made my day. Flames rank plus minus per 60, 
fourth in the entire league. They're massively behind the Hurricanes, who are at 26.24 per 60, which is insanity. Uh, Devils are at 19.03. We've seen them torch Calgary twice. And the Panthers, 14.36. So very, very potent, high-possessive offenses. Calgary's fourth at 9.09, just above the Bruins. So they have the puck a lot. Is that course? Yeah, it's Corsi. Plus minus per 60. So they have the puck a lot. Fourth best in the league. They are not translating that into scoring chances. That, that That's the thing. But it's easier to have great defense when you have the puck. And they are good at that. They're very good at keeping possession. They typically have it for over 50% of the game. Dominate the amount of chances. The problem is they're not good chances. This is this is Glenn Gullitson hockey. This is what happened. It was a bunch of perimeter shots and nothing from the middle. That's not the Daryl Sutter hockey we saw last year. It it still aids the defense, and the defensive metrics are still top 10 across the board. The defense isn't where the hurt is felt this year. So I have no problems with how they're defending. I have no problems with how the forwards are playing in terms of defense. Sometimes people mess up and turn the puck over, like Huberto did. Huberto had a bad game, all right? We're going to transition to that in a second. But overall... The possessive numbers and everything. And this is why I still think the Flames can correct this season. Because it's it's not like they're struggling to get the puck on their stick. They're just struggling to get the proper chances. Okay, let's move on to the power play. Because that'll connect with our Huberto discussion. Mm-hmm. So first of all, let's go to the power play metrics. Uh, same metrics as for 5-on-5. As for five five. So uh, last season, for expected goals, they were fifth. For scoring chances, they were fifth. For high danger chances, they were fifth. This season on the power play, uh, expected goals, 23rd, scoring chances, 23rd, high danger chances, 19th. Again, you take away a good draw with the dynamism on the sidewall. You take away a Matthew Kachuk and, for lack of a better term, the shit disturbing he can do in the blue paint and around that area. Um, and, you know, you're forcing guys, like, I don't want to even say forcing, like, I think the challenge is this last year and I'm going to pick on Kirk Muller a bit. I'm sorry, yes. Kirk. So Do when it. Kirk Muller came to Calgary, the reputation he had was not a great power play coach. He, he, he didn't have a lot of success in the power play in Montreal that, you know, in that market that sort of contributed to him no longer being a coach in Montreal, but you know, he came to Calgary and the power play was really good last year. And the power play was really good in part because Spoiler alert, Johnny Gaudreau is really good at hockey, especially, you know, Johnny Gaudreau, he was on the power play since he was a rookie. And most of the time, rookies aren't on PP1. He was he got a lot of PP1 time as a rookie because the idea was he's an offensive player and you get puck touches. And the idea is you get comfortable with the puck, you get comfortable making plays, and if you have a good power play, especially if you if you get used to the puck touches early in games, it can bleed through to your five on five offense because you're used to making quick passes, quick movement. You know, if you have dynamism in your, in your five on five play, it bleeds over your power play and vice versa. If you don't have dynamism, you can get it from your power play and inject it into your five on five play. I'll say this. I'll say, let me make my point first. I'll I'll say this. The flames power play is not dynamic right now. It is at times quite slow. It is at times, is uh, at a good power play in my mind. Again, disclaimer: I'm not a professional hockey coach in any way. I just pretend to be one for the purpose of criticizing others. A good power play, you want to make sure the PK moves around a lot because the idea is penalty killing is 
as much an art as it is a science. Uh, our, our buddy Mike Fail uh, has written a lot uh, in his in his writing career at Hockey Crafts and other places about power about penalty killing, and we also have written about power killing because that's sort of become the on vogue thing right now. Because if your power play is kind of stagnant. The other team will attack the weak points and try to get turnovers and create chances the other way. So the best way to make sure that A, your power play scores, and B, your power play doesn't get scored on is puck movement, lateral movement, basically moving the puck around to open up shooting and passing lanes. And then you you quick passes and quick strikes because you want to make your passes and your shots before they close up the gaps. And also, uh, if you do that quickly enough, the, your defensemen move instinctually and don't realize they're in the goalie's eyes or you're blocking his, his vision lane. And all of a sudden you get, you might get a weird one because, you know, he can't see what's going on. He can't adjust. So the, at their best and what were at their best last season, the flames were a really effective team at making quick decisions, quick movements, and then boom, boom, deflection or boom, boom, shot rebound or boom, you know, it's a lot of, and when we say boom, boom, a good power play is boom, boom. When the Flames score on the power play this season, they tend to score the first 20, 25 seconds of the power play. It's face-off win, pass, pass, and they're in before the, anyone realizes what's going on. And even, even when they on zone entries, when they tend to score when, after, you know, in the middle of the power play, it's off a zone entry. Uh, on Wednesday night, there was a good one where the Flames got into the zone, and then it was just a really nice play of Dylan Dubé throwing a puck into a lane. And you know he was right on the ice, and Backlund got a stick on it was oh, Razichka. Yeah, no, yeah. no, Dubé threw it. Razichka got uh, from Dubé. No, Razichka. Razichka on Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. No, Razichka shot it from the point, went off Dubé's uh, skate and over to Backlund, and then and then or to to Dubé, and then. Dubé. Oh yeah, no Dubé. Yeah, Dubé. Dubé. Yeah, Dubé. Dubé. But Razichka started all that by actually trying to shoot the puck. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. That's my bad. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I'll, my conclude my my broad conclusion is yes, the personnel is different. And yes, they have different guys in different roles. But for whatever reason, maybe it's one of those two reasons. It's a slow power play. Mm -hmm. It's a predictable power play. And as a result, it's it's easier to defend than a power play that was a bit more urgent, a bit more quick, a bit more rapid in its movement. There is nothing easier to read on this entire planet than what Rasmus Anderson is going to do on the power play breakout. You know exactly what he's going to do. You know exactly where you're going to prep. Uh, pass the puck and if there's a defender on the penalty kill up more like towards the red line they have come into so many problems because they are power killing they're pressuring and if you're going to dump the puck back towards your own zone lightly to hope someone can pick it up and skate it well if you're getting forechecked you can't do that and the the amount of times the players haven't had the recognition that that's a dumb thing to do and they just blindly follow what they've been told the system is that's Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. You're in the NHL, you need to have some level of interpretation in your brain, especially when you're a man up. And when your offense is struggling, there's no better time and no better way to pick yourself up than power play offense. And I, I, I just, I know I'm, I've been waiting. Like the offense, I still think can bounce back. The defense has been good. I don't think the goaltending is bad as people say. I am incessantly angry about the power play. I, here's, here's I, my question. Here's my moment. question for you. Here's my question for you. So I, I I tend to try to give folks the benefit of the doubt because if the shoe is on the other foot, I would like people to give me the benefit of the doubt. So here is my thought process, and I want you to tell me if this sounds insane to me. Kirk Miller came to Calgary, and he had an entire offseason to put together a power play, his first offseason, around Goudreau, Kachuk, and so on and so forth. And oh. so their entire system – and. It's, seems like it still remains that is guide the point distributes to the left side the left the left guy on the left flank throws it on net and tries to create something or if he doesn't have any a, a lane he sort of pivots and throws it back to the point and they reset but more often than not if and i'm sure if we if we looked at a heat map of the power play be like this left flank shots being funneled towards the net front area and i think he i think the system was done that way because Johnny Gaudreau is really good at hockey. And even if you knew, and teams pre-scout and video scout a ton, I could have told you, and I, I had this discussion with a lot of pro scouts last season about the power, the Flames power play. They're like, so their whole power play is just get it to the, get it to the little guy, right? I'm like, yeah. Well, everyone well, knows that. Their, so how come they. Play was, there, there was a secret aspect of the Flames power play uh, was the Kachuk by the net. That, that, that was well, huge. and that and that, that, that was that, huge. No one because it. because a lot of a lot of their a lot of their chances though were, you know, you the plan A was get to Gaudreau. Gaudreau will either go across seam pass to Kachuk in the net front or to Lindholm on the flank, or well, Lindholm Lindholm if they were on the right side, Lindholm was on the boards. If it went over to Johnny, Lindholm's in the middle. And like yeah. I like well, because he slid over. Go he to Kachuk yeah. and Kachuk would try to quickly get it out to Lindholm for a shot. Or, and this is what they're missing, Kachuk did this thing where if he got the puck from Lindholm on the on the boards, he'd pick it up and then he'd skate backwards in front of the crease and try to jam the puck into the crease and create chaos. And they're not doing that. They're not trying to shovel pucks from low into the crease and get a greasy goal. They're trying to score the pre. When they do that, though, out. when they do that, it tends to work because Kadri did that. Kadri Look did at all that the goals they've ago. scored. Backlands. Huberto's power play goal, like they're all within. The I think point. I want to say in the Minnesota game, Kadri was below the red line, and he yeah. tried to put it over to 
to limp to Huberdo and it went off the heel of Huberdo's stick and just bounced over yeah. to Lindholm because they had them outmanned down low. The players themselves are too stationary. Like, watch a good power play. Like, I know we're we're talking to Flames fans here through whether it's YouTube or, or you're in your ears or your pods or whatever. But there's not enough physical movement of their feet. They're not opening passing lanes. They're trying to stick handle and use their eyes. And they're running the power play through the point still, which is very, very 1990s to me. Well, even, even I would say even last year, they kind of, they kind they did and they didn't run it through the point. Because I think a lot of times last year, they ran it through the left side. Like the distributor was on the left side. It was Goudreau's power play to run from the, from the left wall. And occasionally <laughs> someone else ran the distribution. But a lot of times it was either Goudreau shoots it or Goudreau finds a seam, Goudreau finds a pass. And uh, yeah, I just think you know we'll talk. Our player spotlight. We we're going to talk about Huberto, so you might as well dive into that. Well, I, just, I want. I have a bit more on the power play. I just, have, I just have a bit more. Um, there's this one player that plays the bumper position. I believe at a top, top percentage level in the NHL, and that's Nazem Kadri. And they keep putting him on the half wall. And I'm like, go back and watch his time in Colorado and Toronto. And I have a thousand questions for why he's not in the bumper spot. Nobody controls play from the middle of the ice on the power play almost better than Kadri. No one plays that bumper spot better. He he kind of almost invented it, damn near. Like to, to the success of directing pucks toward low for passes or on net to get rebounds. Where, where do you put Lindholm then? Lindholm was just fine on the flank, like on the right flank or by the net. Like someone needs to go behind the net. And, and where do you put Tofoli then? Toffoli's not doing it. Manjapani attacks the net a lot better. He's the same left shot at the same spot. Their refusal to try new personnel is another thing that's absolutely baffling because they get a couple goals every now and then. They they don't try new players on that top unit. I'm like, you need this to start going. You need this to start going. You need to start looking at the actual offense you're getting from the people on PP2 and be like, there's got to be a merit or a reward system eventually. You can't just look at the contract list and go, okay, those guys are on the power play. You you need to start rewarding people for actually producing for you as well. And power play time is a good way to do that without messing your five-on-five five chemistry up. There's no real chemistry on the power play yet. There's no excuse you can give me to tell me, no, we don't want to do that because we still want them to develop. Well, I mean, if you look at the process side of it, they're in the 20s. And if you look at the percentage side of it in terms of conversions they're ranked 23rd so would you want to mess around with a 23rd ranked power play yeah yes i do (laughs) i want it i want i want it in the top 10 bike i'm greedy and i'm okay like if if they want to get to where they want to go you got to be top 10 in scoring top 10 in special teams top 10 defending and i mean the goaltending has been we'll get into the goaltending momentarily the goaltending has been what the goaltending has been I think that's a product. That's a product of the stuff going on around. So it's not like, it's not, it doesn't exist in isolation. It's a product of things. Like I'd say the, the, the penalty kills uh, ability to, you know, Oh hell like, uh, so yeah, power plays, the power play percentage as in the conversion of their power play opportunities is uh, yeah, the 23rd, Uh, the penalty kill in terms of stopping things is fifth. So yeah, like their, their penalty kill is where it needs to be. And I just, okay, here, here's, here's, we might as well dive into the Hubert of it all. Cause here, here's my connective tissue. Hubert is in the PK now. 
he wasn't he didn't begin the year in the PK. Huberdeau went to Foley. Or uh, so for those of you who aren't aren't following the news like we are, the Flames tend to operate two defensive pairs that rotate on the PK and three forward pairs that rotate because. You know, on the, if you're on the PK, you can swap out your forwards really quick, and you get a bull of extra pressure. So there, there, three general pairings are Lindholm, Backlund, because you get two guys who can take faceoffs. Uh, then Coleman and usually uh, Trevor Lewis, yeah. because again, Trevor Lewis can take faceoffs, and usually those guys come in in the middle of a shift. And then your third pairing is Jonathan Huberdeau and Tyler Toffoli, and uh, by the time. And and, oh, and occasionally they still actually they've all, they also still use Dubé and Manjapani depending. So they've actually expanded the yeah. group to four guys. And the idea I think the idea is if your PK is good, your defensemen just sort of hang around and and make sure that no one gets too close to the net. And your forwards, because they're fresher, can just haul ass, pressure the point, get turnovers, either dump the puck out or get scoring chances against, and then just swap off. So and it's easier to swap off your forwards than it is on the D. So. I think that's interesting. Like, it's very interesting to me that Huberto sort of joined that rotation because, you know, it came after he played that stretch with Backlund. Because uh, Backlund, you know, when Huberto came back from his injury, Adam Rizicka was playing really well with Defoli and uh, Elias Lindholm on, this, on the, the nominal top line. But if you look at 5-on-5, five five, the line that was used the most often, usually, is Michael Backlund's line, usually with Blake Coleman and a rotating cast of characters. More recently, it's been Adam Rizicka, and they've been having really nice results because, spoiler, Adam Rizicka is really good at hockey. Uh, he might not have the tippity-top offensive prowess as some guys do, but he's malleable, and he's been able to sort of do a lot of different things and do them smartly. But Jonathan Huberto, when he was on that line with Backlund and uh, and uh, uh, Blake Coleman, was pretty decent. Like, he's not a physical specimen he's not a battler he's not a beefy dude he's lanky and he uses his footwork his positioning more than he actually uses brute force uh you know coleman's more of a coleman's more of a blunt instrument than uh than huberto is and backland's backland he's he's a he's a swedish king he's like that tool that little thing that you used to put things together at ikea but yeah. the but he's a connective tissue of that line but i think you know, when Huberto was on that line, he was really effective. And I find it really interesting that maybe he's not used in as a defensive role on the line he's on now. He's back with Lindholm and Toffoli. But I would think, you know, I think that, you know, the defensive details of this game are coming along really nicely from an expected goal standpoint. I think what his uh, his goals against per 60 are amongst the best on the team. His five on five goals against per 60 rate is when I checked four days ago, wasn't just was second best in the league. Not, not, not just Calgary, second best in the league. So he's been like his actual five on five goals against, and this is why I'm like, and, and his and his expected goals are pretty close. Like his, yeah, yeah, his, he, his, he, his, his, his results in his process defensively are pretty good. And granted, for decent for most of the year, he's been playing with Elias Lindholm, who finished second in Selkie validating last year, and with Michael Backlund, who has gotten Selkie votes pretty much since 2013. But well, Lindholm has or Huberto has been very much up to the challenge of that i have a defense for that because uh, because uh, i saw mike our colleague mike gould criticizing it uh, and saying it's largely just lindholm and backland on on twitter so i was like well i'm gonna look i'm gonna look at that i'm gonna look at that so i uh hockey viz and everywhere they have isolated impacts where they remove the teammates and they find all oh, the, this and the player, there's, there's beautiful heat charts right the heat charts and you can get a career isolated impact 
And actually, uh, if if you can stall for me for a few minutes, I'll actually pull it up and give you the actual percentage, not minutes like seconds, but. Oh, I'm going to riff then. Yeah. I, yeah I, you're I, so, but so we were talking about, you know, while you, while you, while you pull it up, like we talked about if, if I was going to come up with a criticism of Udo, I think the defensive performance and his defensive details are pretty good. Borderline great this year. The results have been great. I think the process he's been showing has been very good. And granted, he's been given the right linemates to do it. But I also think he's contributed very nicely, as as Shane will will cite momentarily. Yes. But so I would also last... say, let me let me finish. My oh, yeah, point. I'll let you finish. Yeah. So what I would also say is, if you have a criticism of Huberto, is that I don't think he's he's executing with the puck as quickly as he probably wants to or should. And I think he's still trying trying to figure out where guys are supposed to be. Yeah. So looking at like I love this. It's it's hockeyviz.com. You search up the player. And you can look up isolated, isolated five on five impact. So it's just as close as we can get, just what Huberto is bringing to the team himself. Um, his last two years in Florida, his offensive impact was plus three point three percent expected goals and plus four point three expected goals. His offense has dipped to zero point seven. So his offense has taken a hit, but his defense is, is the kicker. He was plus three point four in twenty twenty one. He was plus five and a half in 2022 those are very bad that's very bad and it's it's a real knock that knocked him out of the heart trophy race last year it was, it was a real knock and it was the deciding factor in him and his 115 points being off the finalist ballot this year he's at minus 2.1 you want a minus you want a minus it means you're stopping chances better than league average he has not had a minus two minus rating that good since 2017, 18. And that's the only other time he's ever had a minus rating. So he's doing something that's uncharacteristic. And this, is, this, has of been him, this has been him playing hurt with a couple of injuries yeah. that he was playing through and then missing time and then getting used to brand new linemates and a brand new everything. So, so the, he, the, the he's prioritizing of, what the coaches want him to the, do here. The defensive details of his game, I think, are the things that he probably, if I were him, I'd come to a Daryl Sutter team and be like, oh, God, I better be, I better freaking back check, otherwise Daryl's going to hate me. And I think the details of his game away from the puck and defensively are very good. His details of his game with the puck, not quite as good. And it well, and definitely comes, thing... it comes through on the power play more, more than five out of five for me. Yeah, the other thing is the players talk to each other. Like Huberto has obviously asked people that have played for Daryl before what they think of it, what what he should expect. And you know, they're probably like he he and like I if I recall an interview Johnny said, Johnny says he treats everyone exactly the same. He doesn't care how much money you get, he doesn't care how many career points you have. Your job is the same job as the other guys. Now Publicly, of course, people aren't going to agree with that. They want the star players to be the star players. Your jobs but, are different. That's the he, philosophy. He, he holds people to the same standards, but the yes. standard, the the, the, the standard like, move say, for a player. He, he, yes. Yeah, like he he expects Michael Backlund to be Michael Backlund. Yeah, but like because Michael, Michael ba- and I would I would play. argue I would argue that within the system within the playing system that Daryl Sutter has, the ex- Michael Backlund knows how to be Michael Backlund, and Trevor Lewis knows how to be Trevor Lewis. And I think Jonathan Huberto offensively is still figuring out how to be Jonathan Huberto within a Daryl Sutter offensive system. I, I want to point out one more thing with Huberto. Uh, I've, I've, I've tweeted about it. I have wrote about it, but I'm going to say it on the podcast too, is he's predominantly shot with left-hand line mates. So lately in games, I've been watching his passes, his cross crease, his cross ice, his lateral passes, right? To see, okay, where did he put it? And if a guy shot left, would he been able to get it? 
And five instances over the last two games, if guy shot left, he would have been able to get it off. I manually tracked this myself, uh, specifically one where he did. And it's usually when he, he gets talked, like he get he's getting pressured and he spins off and he throws it in the middle, but it's a very accurate throw. He's very good at that, but it's, it's, it's going to where a left-hand shot can one time it. Whereas the right-hand shots have to wait for it to get across their body and the defenders are usually there. And so it's, it's either a contested shot or the puck never gets to the shooter in the first place. I really, really, really want to see him with Kadri at least because he shoots left and another left-hand shooting winger. Like Duclair had speed, Dubé has speed. It makes sense. That makes your other lines Rizicka, Lindholm, um, Toffoli, which has worked, and Manjapani, Backlund, Coleman, which has worked. I want to just see that once. The fourth line could be whatever you want the fourth line to be. I'm not if – if your top three lines aren't going to do what they're going to need to do, the fourth line isn't going to – change the impacts of multiple games they might do one or two it's not going to affect the large outcome of the entire season they haven't tried they haven't uh, tried that so like you can't say they put him in the absolute best situation when they haven't tried everything for him as well but maybe they're happy with what they're getting out of him and they just want to keep doing that that that's another possibility like it's what the coaches want it's not what the fans want which eventually balances out into the point where something's got to give but i mean the coaches and the fans both want wins how do they come I mean, yeah, about everyone getting wants the those same wins? thing how you get the, there it's 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 like it's like i would say this i would say this it's like if you go to a if you go to a nice restaurant you're paying your money you want a good meal the it's like the, the staff in the kitchen want to give you a good meal how yes. they come about serving you a meal might not be the same as what you expect them to mm-hmm. if the outcomes if the outcome is what you want the process gets criticized less. If the if the outcome isn't what you want, then we drill down on the process. Uh, it's 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 such a volatile industry. You're on such, oh, under yeah. such a microscope at any point in time, and there's seven thousand different opinions on how you're supposed to do it. Tune out the noise. Do what you're gonna do, and that's what they do. That's what they do. They don't care what everyone's saying on Twitter. Hello, Kitty Cat. Um, I. It just baffles me the amount of hate Huberto's getting right now. He's, he's doing what's happening. He, the, the only constantly the, again the the thing, the thing I I don't love his offensive production. I'm sure he doesn't love his offensive production. No way. If the biggest criticism you have of of, uh, of Jonathan Huberto is well, he's not scoring very much, well, yeah, he he isn't scoring very much. He he has scored more recently than he has this season. He, yeah, and he, I, he, I just he's thought. Trying. He's and that's why I suggest the the, the Kadri thing is the only left hand shot. I mean, he they did the left hand shot with Backlund and Coleman, and those games, if we recall, very very good. And I think they produced at least a goal. Um, and then he got moved back to with Lindholm and Toffoli, and has he got been. demoted back to uh, to the yeah, other he got one. demoted back to the top line. <laughs> remember, we're using the, we're using the Aginla principle where whatever line Michael Backlund is on is the first line. Let's move on yeah. to PK. Last year, the PK was friggin elite i don't think there's a way we can dress it up last year the pk expected goals against with second scoring chance against fourth high danger chance against first as in no penalty kill in the national hockey league allowed fewer high danger chances against than the flames they were spectacular at at chance suppression Absolute this year props in that to eric goodbranson by the way this year like, no goodbranson with tanev in and out of the lineup, depending on his injury status and a bunch of other noise going on with the team. And the penalty kill is dipped. It is still, it's uh, 11th in expected goals, 19th in scoring chances and 14th in high danger chances. It has gone from being 
elite to being average to slightly above, slightly above average. It's in that mushy middle. And you know, percentage-wise, once you get into that middle, getting into the top of the middle and into the top 10 is fairly easy because there's sort of it's a bell curve in terms of how yeah. performance is. So there's a few teams that are very good, a few teams that are very bad, and then a bunch of teams clumped together in the middle. They're all the same. The flames <laughs> are in the clump right now. And okay. if they well, want us, the and, and again, again, they're in the clump by the process metrics, their performance, their fifth, as in they've managed to be good enough at stopping the chances that they're letting in. Yeah. To yeah like stay the, around. The expected goals are higher than the actual goals against is the best way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like they're, they're, the goaltending has stopped more. So props to the goalies here before we completely yeah, destroy here, one here's, of them. Here's the, fu- here's the, the funny goal. thing, though. Here's the funny thing, though. Uh, we'll get. I should realize we're jumping the goaltending now. The funniest okay. thing is this. So the Flames uh, across uh, this is this pretty much true in terms of uh, five on five and penalty killing. They're bottom ten in the league in terms of save percentage, high danger save percentage, and, and overall save percentage. Uh, in terms of five on five for high dangers, they're they're twenty uh, third. They were eighth last year. Five on five overall chances. Uh, all, all shots on goal this year, they're 26th in save percentage. Last year, they were fourth. Uh, so they're bottom quarter, bottom third of the league across the board in terms of PK, in terms of even strength. And despite despite all that, you know, their PK is top five, which means they're the guys in front, they're giving up chances, but they're doing what they can to, to block, to poke, to prod, to stymie, to awkwardly sweep pucks away from the net on rebounds like they're doing what they can but if you want to have sustained success you want to allow very little and you want to help out your goalies and right now uh, they're helping other goalies but they're allowing too much i and i view goaltending in a very specific way uh it's crazy. i i say it's well, I, I know i say big you say it's bad goals all the time but this is different this is uh, it's both most selection bias yeah, it's most 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 important and simultaneously the least important at the same time, and that makes no sense to a lot of people. But if your goaltending's bad and you let in a lot of low danger goals, it doesn't matter what's happening in front of you. If your goaltending's good and your defense sucks, then you're also not going to get the result you want. I think uh, you need a league average goalie and a better than average defense if you really want to make a difference. They have better than average defense and their goaltending's down here. That's an indictment on the goaltending. That's an indictment on the low danger chances going in. I know we have the high danger in five on five. Um, next time, and I, I can do prep work because I'm, I'm done my finals now. Uh, low danger save percentage relative to the league. That's what I want to know. How many weak goals are we letting in compared to everybody else? Because that that is what I want to know. That that's right now what to me the biggest issue with the Calgary Flames is the amount of low danger goals getting by. I think the fun, like the high danger chances giving up that they're giving up, that's not on Markstrom. That's not on your goaltender. The goaltender can't go out and defend. Uh he tried that and Montreal put the puck in the net. You need to stop the low danger goals. The the, the fluff goals is what as people say. That those can't happen. You can't and, let and more than we, one in in a game and you shouldn't and let more than two in in a week. I, I think the big challenge is for the Flames. Uh, Daryl Sutter last season, you know, he's speaking specifically about Oliver Shillington and his uh, maturity and integration into the, the the team in their top four. And I think it, it it's true for the entire team in general. The big mistake. I think the challenge is we remember the big mistake. And the, the problem is 
we've established the Flames are, are generating both on the power play and five on five a lot less offensively and a lot fewer potent chances offensively than they were a year ago. And you can say it's good or bad or whatever. It, it's simply what the world is right now for them. Yeah, and, yeah. And the stuff they are generating, they're not burying, they're not bearing down, they're not, you know, getting enough on them to be difference makers right now. They're looking for difference makers. Daryl, Daryl's exact phrasing on Wednesday night after the game was, you know, we're looking for difference makers. We're looking for guys to be difference makers. And right now, and yeah, again, it's it's recency bias, it's selection bias, it's uh, you know, these are the things that pop up in our mind. But the big mistakes are the things that are the difference makers for the flames right now. So case in point, uh, they put a cabillion shots on goal on Jake Allen. And they generally play pretty well. And the story isn't so much in people's minds that, oh, well, the Flames were a perimeter offensive team all game and they didn't really get up enough in, in between the dots or in around the paint. The story was, oh, I see Jacob Markstrom. He tried to do something. It didn't quite work out. and ended up back in the net 13 seconds in. And yes, that's true. But that's one mistake Markstrom made versus a bunch of decisions around the, the, the perimeter of, well, I could try to get in closer. I'm just going to shoot from here. And again, the, these are decisions they make in a millisecond. They go, okay, do I have a chance? Okay, put it on net. Okay, put it on net. You know, things like that. But they could have done things to get closer in, but the decisions were made to not. And it's neither here nor there, can... but it's kind of unfair to really go to point to the occasional mistakes by the goalies and go, it's all on the goalies. Also, though, because they don't generate as, as many great, grade A chances or bury them as they have in the past, defensive miscues such as Mackenzie Weegers against Columbus, such as any number of times. There's so many. We can probably think of a good example for every player because the Flames have the puck a lot. They're a good possession team. But because they have the puck a lot and because they aren't scoring a lot, the things that we remember psychologically are the the whoopsies. And they are not scoring enough to – well, I, I, I hate using the phrase score yourself out of trouble, but that's they don't have the ability to score outscore their mistakes right now, or at least they haven't this season. When they fell in that 2 nothing hole against Vancouver, I literally was like, okay, good luck. Like, like I hope you do it. Good luck. Oh, like, my, 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 my Twitter mentions, my Twitter mentions, and uh, our, our friend Taranjot uh, – uh, is uh, yeah, you know he he was at he was at the game and I was sort of, actually I I was sitting I was sitting next to uh, actually it was kind of fun I, the, in on Wednesday's game I actually got to sit next to some refs uh, a couple of AHL officials I was sitting oh, in the cool. press box with that were working uh, the the Wranglers games this week and if you want if you want a unique perspective in the game sit sit with a ref and just you know watch that because like it's so cool because like as much as like you know if you're if like i i played some i played like three four years of defense growing up and then i was like a very poorly skilled left wing i was the i i was i i came up uh, i played my minor hockey when the, the left wing lock system was on vogue so for those of you who aren't familiar with the left wing lock system it's you have two four checkers going after the puck at all time and the left wing is the left wing becomes the f3 who drops back and helps uh, the defenseman and so you put, you know, my dad was the coach. So the two good players, the guys who who were good at shooting and anything offensive, they would go up ahead. And I, it was me, uh, this guy named Jazz Paul, and our center was this big, big farm kid named Jeremiah. Really nice kid. Jazz Paul played the the right wing. Jeremiah was our big body centerman, and I was sort of a, I I wasn't tall and lanky. Well, I'm chubby now, but I wasn't tall and lanky. Uh, 
like I ended up growing up to be. So I was still kind of a, a, a shrimpy kid. So I was the, the left-wing guy and there, there was like, okay, you're the retrieval guy. You're the connective guy. Like you, you go, you're back checking the first guy back. So anyway, so those, are the, those are the types of things I look for when I play hockey. I look for defensive positioning and transition stuff because that's sort of how I was conditioned to think of games. Referees watch the referee, like where are the referees on the ice? What are their viewpoints? How do they stay in a position to view things? It was, it was fascinating to sit with these guys. But anyway, they came, they came up and they sat down next to me. <laughs> the two goals are even scored. I'm like, you might have missed the only goals that are scored in this game. And thankfully they didn't. Yeah. But I, people on Twitter were like, well, should I even should I, should I turn I, on the I game? Do I keep watching or what? And I'm like, oh, I didn't know the yeah, game was starting at 8.30. Should I have? They're not they're not that bad guys like 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 they're not playing to their potential but they're not that bad guys like, like the, the the one goal a game isn't gonna happen all year okay they're just on a bad start they're, they're a bottom i, they're a bottom I 10 love team. that you play dn forward though play because i was the same way i played d to yeah. 16 half a season a wing a year and half a center <laughs> Ooh, center i was yeah, i got i, I, I went from i went from d uh and, and playing shut down d to being a gate crashing uh, center, and then I, I I had this little guy with me named Brett, and I put him in front of the net, and he he took a licking. This kid took everything in the ribs and the shot in the back, but he never fell down. So if I just got the puck out of the corner and threw it in front of the net, guess who was there? <laughs> Betting in. So I figured that out. But I I I I think defense. Oh, I I got if so you can many if you can get players that shift from defense to forward, they understand the game better because. It's very hard to learn and think. Not a lot of people in minor hockey learn how to play defense and understand how the defense works. And so, converted forwards, a Dustin Bufflin, uh, Brent Burns, like when these guys played forward and put up stupid numbers. That's why I like that. I, I I've seen it. I've I just like it. Dustin I, Bufflin really... in general. Yeah, well, well that's just big me. boys. It's always the big boys, but I mean. What? So I, I, people should experiment with offensive defense, but on the wing on the power. If, if we're trying to circle the square a bit, so if we're yeah, if if we're trying to circle the square, the Flames went from being you know last last year they were a good possession team, a good defensive team, a good special teams team, uh, a team with good goaltending that was also lucky. So they had really good shooting percentages, really good sh- save percentages. They generated a ton. They suppressed well. They had good PK. They had good power play. They were top 10, top third in the league, basically everything. They were good and they were lucky. This year, they're uh, significantly less lucky. They're bottom 10, I think, in save percentage and shooting percentage. And I think that's all. they're also like that on special teams. So they are unlucky, but they're also generating less. Mm-hmm. And the idea is... Like, okay, like you're, you're, I, I think to a certain degree, your shooting and safe percentage results are a product to a certain degree of the quality of chances you give up and or get. It doesn't, and, but, but you also, I think also, if you keep, you know, doing the same, if you keep doing good things, eventually your percentages rebound. To, you to need to figure out the process. To answer Robert's exact question, what are the Calgary Flames right now? I, I, my, my opinion is they are a good defensive possessive team that needs to figure out a way to get better offensive chances. The, that's, that's, that's yeah. where I'm at. The goaltending is the goaltending. You have to live with whatever it is. But and and I think, I think the fact that they're the top, I, I think, I think, I think the, the, the more consistency they play with, I think the, your big mistakes disappear. Yep. 
Yeah, well, and Sutter says points are always a result of how you play. That's what he said a lot of the time last year. Jeff, um, Jeff, Jeff Ward, Jeff Ward always said yeah. uh, that, you know, and I Daryl said different things uh, to this extent, but I, I remember Jeff's phrasing of it. Structure is what gives your skill a chance to shine through. And yeah, I, like I think that. the Flames, the Flames are generally playing well within their structure, but their execution within the structure is sort of all over the place. They're always in the right spots. Like you're never really going, what, where, where the hell is that guy? Like you're never, it always, they always look like the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. They don't always perform or execute like you expect the Calgary Flames to. But yeah. I think it's easier to start executing if everyone's in the right spots doing the right things than it is to figure out how to do the right things i think a little more experimentation than what they have like a little more experimentation to try and find maybe a bit more natural chemistry is on the docket for the future and i think they have time and runway based on and they should they should have time and runway based on the personnel changes this wasn't going to be seamless folks stop panicking i I ideally yeah of course you want to see it you see edmonton up there scoring six goals a game i know you're jealous i get it the Calgary Flames are going to do what the Calgary Flames are going to do. Don't care about what anyone else is doing. And I think they're going to solve it. I do. I really think they solve it. I think they're in tough because Seattle's better than people thought for the playoffs. Uh, but LA's goaltending is in the same situation as Calgary. I'll, I'll say I'll say this. There's 52 games left. 20 yeah, of them are divisional games. They have, a very, they have a very heavily conference and divisional skewed schedule. Their strength of schedule per Tankathon and other places is easiest in the league. They, as in, they've had the toughest schedule in the league to this point, and they're uh, slightly above 500 team, three points out of the second place uh, playoff spot in the Pacific. They have played, they have not consistently played their game, but they're still within spitting distance. Are they going to catch Vegas? Unless unless the wheels fall off Vegas, no. They're probably no, not winning. I, I think if you're thinking, Ryan, are they going to win the division again? I'll say probably not, no. Probably yeah. not. I don't. They, I just want to make play. I just want to make the dance. That's my. That's my parameters. I don't care if it's in the waste of eight day spot at this point. I just want to make the dance. You got to uh, be in it to win it, right? Yeah. Well, and then, well, that's the thing. You can play playoff hockey all year, but if you don't have enough offense to get there, what's the point? Yeah. And and let's be honest. Let's be honest. Uh, to play at, to get a hundred points to make the playoffs or have a, a good chance to spot, they got to win two out of three from here on out. And yeah, so yeah, everyone go like, check out if you want to see the math, Pike put an article up there it's very clearly titled it's got everything broken down what's one two out of three yeah two out of three is a playoff pace two out of three is having to play playoff hockey so you know if if they make it i think they're gonna be battle tested because they're gonna have to be battle tested to make it but you know just would you rather try to, stop, try to stop losing three in a row get at least one every three at least even on your bad stretches you Good know what they're gonna try always- to do shane I, I, I can't. I, I think. I think they're going to try to win fifty-two games. I don't think they're going to succeed. What? I think they're going to try to win fifty-two games. That's baffling. How dare you suggest such a crazy thing, Pike? But and I and I think if they not outscore falling. their opposition every night, they're going to have a good chance to do it. <laughs> I think so. Some John Madden analysis right there. I love it. <laughs> I I think the team that scores more points than the other team will be successful tonight, and that should be their goal to score more points than the other team. But if you break it down, Shane. To score more points than the other team, you either have to prevent them from scoring points or you have to score more points. points. Yeah. So that's what the Flames are going to try to do from here on out. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I think, uh, I think we summarized it pretty good, Pike. I, 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 I we, we, we hope 
we've been we've been interacting with a lot of anxiety ridden Flames fans over the I love pretty it. much all season, but especially the last oh. little while. So we thought thirty games would be a nice chance to have you know a for lack of a better term a chance to just air you know it's almost festivus a chance to air the grievances, a chance to let everyone know kind of where the team is at this point. Uh, they're not a bad team. They're a team that is arguably underachieved and underachieving teams. If they tend to do good things well and consistently, they can rebound. Time isn't their friend, but time is no one's friend. Do you want to be playing your best hockey now? Or do you want to be playing your best hockey in April? I I want to be playing my best hockey all the time. That doesn't work like that. It doesn't <laughs> work like that. In, in to, to quote Pam Beasley, I'm going to start off running fast. In the middle, I'm going to run fast. And at the end, I'm going to run fast. You know what? A lot of people we, a lot of people save their best for the end of the race. I'm going to save my best for the entire race. We, we've saved our best pop culture references for the last five minutes of our podcast. <laughs> and then I think, I think we, might as well, we might as well end on a high. Flames yeah. Nation yeah, Radio is totally. brought to you by DoorDash and presented by Eau Claire Distilleries, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, we'll be back next week with another exciting edition. Shane, you look excited. Yeah, well, no, we we got to mention our new YouTube channel. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, it's worth mentioning be, this we, week we because be, it's new. We we again, first of all, thank you to everyone. We have twelve hundred subscribers on the New Flame Station YouTube channel. Uh, you it's can be a lot easier all, for them to see us too. So it's you can fantastic. catch all your Flame Station content on our YouTube channel. So for those of you who went, Jesus, I don't want to listen to any Oilers Oilers stuff accidentally. We hear you. We understand your feelings, and we found a solution called the Flames Nation official YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe. Uh, Barn Burner is always there. Flames Nation Live, us. So all all your Flames Nation content's there, and no chance, at least on our channel, if you if your algorithm's weird, you might go, you might send you somewhere else later. But at least on our channel, we won't subject you to any Oilers or Canucks or Leafs content. Usually, if I'm if I'm gonna say anything about the Leafs, I'm probably gonna roast them, and you're gonna want to hear it. So, or he's gonna talk about uh, talk about betting on Austin Matthews scoring goals. With, obvious, you know, that will happen. So that's it. I think that's a good place to, to end. I think up. so. So, I think so. Shane, Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, be safe and drive safe. And and reminder, enjoy. reminder, it's gonna be cold next week. So plug in your cars, load up on on soup and stew and groceries and all the things you need. And if you use a delivery service, such as our friends at DoorDash, please tip generously. It's the holiday season, and uh, the folks who are bringing you food, uh, it's cold. And uh, they might not have heaters in their car, so figure <laughs> giving them a bit of a tip will help warm them up. Uh, we'll see you guys in a week. Take care. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 